Hello, hello, and welcome back to another season of Simply Ayurveda, your trusted source where we learn how to apply this ancient Ayurvedic wisdom into our modern everyday lives. I am your host and your Ayurvedic counselor, Julia, and I am so excited to be back here with all of you to kick off season three of the podcast. Every time I start a new season, it feels just as exciting as the last, and I cannot believe that when we left off season two, we had just hit 10,000 downloads. And over this past three-month hiatus, we doubled in downloads and we have hit 20,000 listeners. I mean, the podcast has not even turned one years old yet. So a huge thank you to everyone who has come back and to everyone who is new here. We are building such a beautiful community, and I just can't wait to dive into this season. I have so many amazing guests coming on, and let me just tell you that these past few months have been a journey. I moved back to my hometown after spending three incredible months in the countryside in Italy. I wrapped up my first year of Ayurvedic studies. I relocated to Mexico with my dog. I planned an entire new podcast season, and now I am getting ready to continue my Ayurvedic studies, all to become an Ayurvedic practitioner. So as an Ayurvedic counselor right now, I am able to advise on diet and lifestyle, which is what I have had the honor of doing with so many of you through my coaching program, helping you reclaim your health through really simple changes that can be implemented long-term. And then the second level after this is Ayurvedic practitioner. And so this is what I will be starting this month for the next 18 months. And during this time, I will be learning how to treat and diagnose disease. So it's going to be incredible. I am going to learn everything about skin disorders, infertility, PCOS, digestive tract disorders, IBS, Crohn's disease, Everything from urinary disorders, respiratory disorders, mental disorders, autoimmune disorders, even cancer. So it is going to be so transformational and I'm just so excited to dive back into school so that I can be of more assistance to all of you and really to just help get to the bottom of some of these major imbalances and diseases that we are continuously seeing in society. So with all of that said, let's dive into today's episode because today I am going to be sharing with all of you how to maintain a level of balance as we transition from summer into fall. Last season, we left off talking about seasonal regimens known as Ritucharya, and we talked about the importance of moving with the changing seasons and making the necessary adjustments for our mind, body, and soul. Last season, we left off talking about our transition from spring into summer, and now as we're getting ready to delve into the essence of fall, it is time to once again update our seasonal regimen in order to harmoniously flow with our changing environment. Now, it is important to note that where you live plays a role in how you adjust your routine. For example, if you are in the U.S. or other countries around the world that experience the four to five seasons, then you will notice the seasonal change going from hot to humid to cold, dry, and windy. And so the advice that I'm about to give in this episode is tailored to this specific change. On the other hand, considering I am now based in Mexico and I will be for the first time not experiencing a winter, 
pause for a second because that is just such an exciting moment for me from living in Chicago and during years of seasonal depression. I am just so excited to be somewhere that is warm year round. But back to the topic. Since I'm currently based in Mexico, just to use it as an example, you know, the Caribbean, other tropical areas, these places will not be experiencing such a drastic change in season. So right now it's rainy season, it's really hot, really humid, but as we enter October onward, it will start to slightly cool and become drier, but we're still going to be in like the 70 degree Fahrenheit range. So please consider the following advice, but also keep in mind your own environment. With that said, let's dive into why our fall season is associated with vata dosha and how we can maintain balance during this transitional period. In previous episodes, I talked about how the different seasons are associated with the different doshas. Each season has their own unique set of qualities, the same way the doshas have their own unique set of qualities. And so our doshas are our energy principles that govern everything in nature and within our mind-body system. We have vata dosha, pitta dosha, and kapha dosha. If these are new words for you, then please go back to seasons one and two where I really break down what the doshas are, how they are unique, how they work in nature and in our bodies, and how they are related to the different seasons. But just for a quick review... Springtime is known as our kapha season for its cold, heavy, and wet qualities. Summertime is known as pitta season for its hot, oily, and sharp qualities. And fall and early winter is known as vata season for its cold, dry, light, and mobile qualities. And so Ayurveda really recognizes that the qualities of our external environment directly influence our internal state. There is a reason that fall and winter is also known as cold and flu season. So let's look at the qualities of fall and how they relate to vata so that we can better understand how these changes occurring in our nature influence the changes happening within ourselves. What characteristics come to mind when we think of fall? We think of the weather cooling down. We think of the nice cool breeze. We know that the leaves dry up. They fall off the trees. The air starts to become really dry, really brisk. And so we can say that the qualities of this season are cold, dry, light, and mobile. Mobile meaning we have a lot of movement. The weather becomes very erratic. You know, one day it's cold, one day it's warm, one day it's windy, one day it's not. And Vata Dosha shares these same characteristics. Vata is a cold, dry, light, and mobile energy. And in order for us to really understand that, all we have to do is look at the elements that vata dosha is composed of. Vata is a combination of the air and space elements. Think about what you feel when the wind touches your skin. Air is cooling, air is light, it might be a little rough, and essentially without air and space, we would have no movement. So this makes vata dosha responsible for all movement within nature and in our mind-body system. In nature, vata can be thought of as the wind. And in our mind-body system, vata is like our breath. It is in charge of all movement in our body. The movement of our lungs, the movement of nutrients, the movement of our thoughts, movement of blood flow, all of our elimination. 
And in our mind, it's things like creativity, communication, imagination. And so all of these functions, along with so many others, are governed by vata dosha. Other qualities of vata include coldness and dryness. The temperature drops, we have the dryness of the air and the leaves. And because we see this increase in coldness and dryness in nature, this means it can be reflected in so many different ways within our mind-body system. These qualities can impact our skin, hair, and nails. Dryness in the digestive system is one of the causes of constipation. Dryness of our respiratory tract is what leads to cold and flu season. And there are so many other signs of a vata imbalance that become more prevalent during the season. Things like cracking of the lips, anxiety, restlessness, trouble sleeping or staying asleep. You may experience more of a restless mind or racing thoughts. Even things like joint pain or stiffness in the body, different types of digestive disturbances. So all of these are due to an out-of-balance vata dosha. And if you're someone who naturally has high vata in your constitution, then you especially need to take care during the fall and winter so that you can avoid experiencing some of these common ailments. And if you're not sure what your mind-body constitution is, or if you have some of these imbalances that I just listed off, then I highly suggest scheduling a consultation either with me or any other Ayurvedic practitioner so that we can help you get to the bottom of what's causing your imbalances. Because the good news is that Ayurveda is able to offer us a holistic approach to maintain balance and harmony during this transition. Since we are now able to understand what is influencing some of these commonly seen imbalances, we can now use our favorite Ayurvedic principle to invite more balance into our lives. And that principle is like increases like and opposite attracts balance. I'll say that one more time. Like increases like, opposite attracts balance. So if our qualities for Vata season are cold, dry, light, mobile, and erratic, then the opposite qualities will bring us balance, meaning we want to incorporate warmth, moisture, and stability in order to create harmony. This is where the seasonal regimens known as Ritucharya play a crucial role in our overall health. So today I'm going to share with you my favorite five wellness tips to create balance during the season. Tip number one, we always wanna start with our diet. So this is the season to consume your warm, cooked, and well-spiced foods. This is not the time to continue indulging in those raw summer salads, those ice-cold beverages. No, no, no. Fall is the time to favor your cooked grains like rice and oats, all of your hearty soups and stews, and all of those delicious steamed vegetables cooked with healthy fats and oils. This is the season for all of those grounding root vegetables because these are the veggies that will help balance the light, cold, and erratic nature of vata. So some examples are your sweet potatoes, carrots, beets, winter squash, pumpkin, and you can still enjoy all of your leafy greens, but instead of eating them raw, for fall and winter, you want to instead cook them in either sesame oil or ghee to make them easier on digestion. I know when we tend to think of a salad, we think we're eating light. But anything that's consumed raw requires more energy from our digestion, therefore making it heavier on our digestion. Anytime you cook something, 
instantly makes it easier to digest. And so sesame oil is a really wonderful and warming oil that you can incorporate this time of year, especially if you naturally have a lot of vata in your constitution, and especially if you live in a cold environment. It is the number one oil that helps to pacify vata. And ghee is considered to be an Ayurvedic superfood that is loaded with omegas, it's lactose-free, and helps to combat dryness of our entire system. It gives moisture and nutrients to our gut, it moisturizes our respiratory tract, and it's naturally very grounding and nourishing. And of course, no meal is complete without our beloved spices. When you cook your veggies, you want to be sure to incorporate warming spices like ginger, cinnamon, cumin, turmeric, hing, or asafoetida. Mustard seed is also really great in heating. Because since one of Vata's natural qualities is that it's cold, and since it's getting cold outside, aside from adding flavor, these spices help to add warmth to the system and keep digestion working optimally. For fall and early winter, you definitely want to avoid raw cold meals, no cold beverages, as they can further aggravate Vata. Remember the principle. Like increases like. So when we consume cold and raw food, and when we drink really cold drinks, when our external environment is also cold, then it's only going to increase this natural coldness and dryness within our system. And this is what makes us prone to certain imbalances like what I listed off earlier. Constipation, cold and flu, skin imbalances. So tis the season to swap your cold drinks for your favorite warm herbal teas, your warm herbal lattes, or my personal favorite, warm golden milk made with turmeric, ghee, cinnamon, and a pinch of black pepper. Golden milk is my go-to after a workout, after yoga, when it's cold or rainy outside, or if I'm experiencing any minor inflammation, or even when I just want to ensure that I get a good night's rest. Golden milk is my go-to when I need something nourishing and grounding, and it works every time. And always remember that Ayurveda recommends sourcing your herbs, your spices, your fruits and veggies, sourcing them locally as often as you can. Just because it's sold at your supermarket year-round does not mean that it's always in season. In order to see what is grown locally, then you can visit your local farmer's market, And if you can't access your farmer's market, then you can do some simple research about your area, what is naturally grown there, and then choosing those fruits and veggies from wherever you get your food at. Eating locally grown herbs, fruits, veggies, and dairy products as often as you can will have a more powerful and energizing biological impact to give you a balanced and nourishing diet. So food What we eat, what we consume is one of the best ways to restore balance on a mind, body, and soul level. So prioritize your warm cooked grains, prioritize your warm cooked veggies, prioritize your sweet, sour, and salty tastes as those also help to balance vata dosha, incorporate your warming spices, and locally source when you can. If you would like more personalized diet recommendations based on your constitution, then you can always schedule a one-on-one consultation with me where I will give you an entire list of balancing dietary suggestions. But for now, let's move on to a few other ways that we can create balance during the colder months. Tip number two, establish a routine. 
So often I talk about the importance of establishing a routine, but in the fall, it is particularly helpful, especially for all my Vata doshas out there. Fall season, as we know, it's dry, it's cold, it's rough, it's erratic in weather. And on top of this, one of Vata's main qualities is that it loves movement. But just like having too much of anything isn't a good thing, too much movement can send this energy of Vata into access, and this can compromise multiple aspects of our health. So having a stable routine that you can be consistent with and fall back on will really help you stay physically and emotionally grounded. Now, the funny thing about vatas is that despite how helpful having a routine can be, they find routine extremely boring. And so I'm just going to lay some super simple guidelines that you can start with because I know how hard it is to find and create a routine that you can stick to. So you can start by aiming to sleep and wake up at the same time each day. Ayurveda recommends sleeping by 10 or 10.30 and waking up with the sunrise, but we all have to start somewhere, so you can start by becoming consistent with sleep and wake times that work best for your schedule. You also want to prioritize your three daily meals. Like we said, these meals should be warmly cooked with healthy oils, locally sourced veggies, and spices. And you want to eat them in accordance with nature's circadian rhythms. This means eating breakfast by 8 a.m., lunch by 1 p.m., and dinner by 7 p.m. Sticking to this eating schedule that aligns with nature's rhythms is one of the best ways to maintain a consistent daily schedule and is one of the best ways to balance your digestion. I did an entire episode all about aligning with the circadian rhythms of nature, where I go into much more detail and the benefits, so I highly, highly suggest going back to season two and giving that one a listen if you haven't already. Lastly, make sure you are getting your movement in, but instead of going to that really intense spin class or a workout class that involves a lot of overexertion, This is the season to focus more on grounding exercises like walking, yoga, Pilates, or classes that focus more on toning. Remember, we're not trying to add more movement into our lifestyle during this season. And so that also includes keeping our traveling to a minimum, especially if you naturally have high vata in your constitution or if you're experiencing a vata imbalance. Fall and winter season is all about grounding, so we want to prioritize more of those grounding activities. But on the other hand, if you are someone that has a lot of kapha dosha predominant in your constitution, then fall is your most favorable season. Kapha is naturally a heavy and grounded energy, and kaphas also love routine. So for those with a lot of kapha dosha in your constitution, Fall is such a wonderful time for you because you are gaining this natural movement and this natural momentum and energy given to you by the nature. So if you are kapha predominant, then you can absolutely take advantage of the movement that vata season provides. But for my vata pitta predominant constitutions, this is definitely your season for grounding and rejuvenation. Moving on to tip number three. Create a cozy environment. This one might seem pretty self-explanatory and a little obvious, 
but we really want to keep our living spaces warm, clutter-free, and comfortable. You can do this in so many different ways. You can add warm colors, warm throw pillows, soft textures. You can create a nurturing ambiance, maybe some warm mood lighting for the evenings. Actually, in Denmark, they have a word that they use to describe this concept of warm, cozy environments. And the word is huga, spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And this is a unique Danish concept that roughly translates to cozy, but huga is so much more than that. It is a cultural and emotional term that encompasses this feeling of coziness, comfort, contentment, well-being. And in Danish culture, huga is a way of life, and it's often associated with taking time away from the daily hustle to be together with people that you care about or even by yourself, to just relax and enjoy life's quieter pleasures. It's a season for indulging in activities like enjoying a cup of hot cocoa by the fireplace, having a cozy dinner with close family and friends, living in candlelit rooms, or cuddling up with a good book under a soft blanket with a warm cup of tea during these cold winter months. So this is exactly the vibe that we want to encompass in our personal environment during the fall and winter so that we can help offset the cold, rough, and erratic nature of Vata. Tip number four. One of my favorite rituals of self-care and probably one of the best forms of self-love that one can do year-round, but especially during this season, is to perform daily or weekly abhyanga aka self-massage with warm oil. Abhyanga is an Ayurvedic self-massage technique that involves applying warm oil to the entire body. The term abhyanga is derived from Sanskrit, where abhi means into, and anga means limbs or body parts. And so the practice of abhyanga is a deeply nourishing and therapeutic ritual that has been used for centuries and centuries in Ayurveda to promote physical and mental well-being. To perform abhyanga, typically sesame or almond oil is used. If you have high vata, then I recommend sesame oil because it's a bit heavier, it's more warming. And if you have high pitta, then I would recommend almond oil just because it's a little bit more neutral and we don't want to add too much heat to our already fiery pittas. The way you begin performing abhyanga is to start by warming a small cup of your oil of choice. The reason we want to warm the oil up first is because this helps the oil to penetrate deeply into the layers of our skin, helps it to not clog our pores, and it helps stimulate our lymphatic system. There are several ways that you can heat the oil, but you never ever want to heat the oil on direct heat because this will heat the oil way too much and you will risk burning yourself. So my favorite way, especially when I'm short on time, is to fill the sink up with just a little bit of the hottest water, and then I pour my oil into a glass cup, and then I place my glass cup into the sink so that the hot water heats the glass and therefore warms my oil. Then, once the oil is slightly warmed, you want to generously apply the oil to your entire body, including your scalp and the soles of your feet. The oil is massaged into the skin starting from the head or neck down using long downward strokes moving in the same direction as your hair growth. 
And this massage is performed with gentle pressure. The goal is to relax your muscles, improve circulation, promote the elimination of toxins from the body. It's almost like a very meditative practice. You can put a mantra on, you can put your favorite music on that's calming and grounding. And this massage technique can be done in five minutes or it can be done in 20 or 30 minutes, as long as you're not rushing through it and as long as you remain grounded and present in the process. After you've completed the massage, you can leave the oil on your body for however long your schedule can accommodate. That way, all of the benefits of the oil can penetrate all layers of skin before you go and rinse off in the shower. Abhyanga is a practice that can be done year-round, but it is particularly beneficial in the fall, especially for vata-predominant people. Since the oil is warming, heavy, and moisturizing, the practice of Abhyanga helps to balance and ground the light, airy, and dry qualities of vata dosha. And actually, if you're someone who regularly deals with really dry skin and you feel like you're constantly having to apply lotion, if you incorporate a daily Abhyanga practice before you shower in the mornings, then you will over time not even need those lotions or moisturizers and your Abhyanga practice will give your skin all of the moisture and nourishment that it needs. And you know, regular self-massage alone has so many incredible benefits. It can help to calm the nervous system. It can help relieve stress. It supports a good night's rest. It can ease stiffness and pain from the joints. It offers immune support by supporting lymphatic circulation, which removes waste and toxins from the body. And so overall, Abhyanga is just considered this really powerful tool in Ayurveda to maintain balance and well-being year-round, but especially during the fall. So you can perform Abhyanga regularly, ideally in the morning before showering so that you can start your day with a sense of grounding, nourishment, rejuvenation, or you can work your way up so you can do it once a week. It could be like a self-care Sunday ritual. And if mornings don't work with your schedule, then it really can be done at any time of the day as long as you're rinsing your body afterwards to remove the excess oil. If you have never experienced the amazing benefits of incorporating an Abhyanga practice into your routine, I highly, highly suggest giving it a try. Moving on to our last and final tip, tip number five, practice pranayama and meditation. Pranayama and meditation are two essential practices in both yoga and Ayurveda that focus on the breath and the mind. They offer so many physical, mental, and emotional benefits and can be particularly helpful in balancing vata dosha. Pranayama is the practice of controlled and conscious breath regulation. The term prana refers to the life force or vital energy, and ayama means expansion or extension. So technically speaking, pranayama techniques aim to balance and increase the flow of prana or life energy throughout our body. I'm going to share three of my favorite breathing practices, and I know it's a little hard to describe through a podcast. I am soon going to be releasing my own content that I will be able to share with you, but in the meantime, I mean, there are so many amazing resources online that can guide you through these practices. And as always, you can feel free to DM me and I can help you through them as well. First pranayama technique is called Nadi Shodhana, also known as alternate nostril breathing. 
And this technique involves breathing through one nostril at a time while using your fingers to close the alternate nostril. This breathing practice helps to balance the two hemispheres of our brain and promotes a sense of calm and balance. The second breathing technique is called Ujjayi Pranayama. Ujjayi is often referred to as the ocean breath due to the soft sound that is produced during this practice. And this is the type of breathing that they encourage in most yoga classes. It involves slightly constricting the back of your throat while breathing in and out through your nose. Ujjayi Pranayama is great for promoting relaxation and concentration. And then my third favorite breathing practice is called Bastrika Pranayama. And this is a more rapid and forceful breathing practice that involves strong inhalations and exhalations through the nose. This increases warmth and energy in the body. It's really great doing it in the morning when you need that energy to wake up and get out of bed. And it's especially beneficial during colder seasons because it increases warmth throughout the body. So if you need help with any of those, please don't hesitate to reach out and I can walk you through them. And then lastly, practice your meditation. You know, meditation is gradually becoming less of a woo-woo in our society in the West, and it isn't as daunting as it may sound in order to start. All you need to start practicing your meditation is to find a quiet space where you can either sit or lay down. You want to be really comfortable. You should feel no discomfort or pain within your body. And all you have to do is just bring your attention to your breath. Close your eyes, get comfortable, and just observe the natural rhythm of your breath going in and out without trying to control it, without trying to control your mind, without trying to control your thoughts. Just bring awareness. And as thoughts arise, just observe them. No judgment, no critique. And when you feel your mind start to wander or attach to one of these thoughts, then gently redirect your attention back to your breath. And you can start with just a few minutes. You can start with three minutes and work your way up to five, 10, 15, 20. I mean, starting with just a few minutes of meditation a day will make such a difference. So those are my top five tips for balancing vata dosha during the fall and winter season. When we understand the qualities of our own energies, our nature, and the environment around us, we are able to adapt our lifestyle, diet, and our practices to harmonize with the environment and stay in optimal health. By following a vata pacifying diet, engaging in self-massage with warm oils, sticking to a consistent routine, creating a cozy environment, and incorporating pranayama and meditation, all of these are tools that help enable you to strengthen your digestion, strengthen your immunity, so that you can maintain a sense of well-being. Remember, each and every single one of us is unique with our own energetic makeup. So listen to your body. Lean into that inner wisdom that we all have and make adjustments accordingly. If you're unsure about what practices suit you best or you just need help managing certain imbalances, then consider consulting with an Ayurvedic practitioner for personalized guidance. I will link my website in the show description if you want to schedule a consultation or a free 15-minute discovery call. 
as always, thank you all so much for being here and for tuning in. And until next time, I will talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.